guys, this is this is me at my most vulnerable right now at this very moment. And I had a picture in my head of how I was going to do my most vulnerable podcast. Yeah, of course, I was going to have the microphone. I was going to have the music fading it in and out. But we're at the freaking second episode and I'm already there. I guess I thought nothing else bad would happen. No more challenges would arise. That no more crap could just come out of the surface of my life. But that's a lie. For y'all who think you know me, but don't really know me or know what's going on, or if you're just a new listener and you don't even know who the heck this guy is that's talking right now, let me give you a backstory of what has gone on in these brief, I, 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 what has it been, four, three, four months? So, I had a daughter with my, my wife, a beautiful baby girl, her name is Journey. I shouldn't name drop probably, but I had a beautiful baby girl with my daughter. I mean, with my wife. <laughs> oh wait, you see where my head is? I, I'm I'm all over the place right now, but I'm not gonna cut this because I want it to be as authentic as possible, as transparent as possible. To know that this is real. I'm not faking this. I'm not putting a mask on. So I had a daughter with my wife, and that was great, first two weeks, it was amazing. Long story short, uh, my family comes to visit, and she became very disrespectful towards my mom the point where she kicked her out basically and um, it offended me because I know that wouldn't happen if the shoe was on the other foot if her mom was there I wouldn't be disrespectful so I called her out on it and uh, was shushed away of Jared, I, I don't really want to talk about it right now. I'll tell you about four hours later. I was like, "Hey, you know, it's it's biting. It's it's when someone does something to your mother, man. That uh, that's something instinctive. That she's like, "Hey, that ain't that ain't right," and you ain't gonna just sit there and let that happen without us talking about it. But she blew it off again, and I tried to keep my cool so I did I tried to and I remember I was driving my truck I'm sitting here thinking about it I had to go on a drive because it was just it was 
burning in me because it was so it was so unlike her so that's how i know it was i don't know if it, was, it, it had to be postpartum it probably still is postpartum that she would act like this towards my mom what 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 are these feelings what what is she acting like what are these emotions and um I came back and I just knew I had to say something so I addressed it and naturally I was mad because nobody was here to help us no there was nobody else it was just her and we both knew like the sleepless nights we knew that was here but now that you have somebody to help you at least you know in the morning afternoon you're like oh thank god right no uh it didn't work out that way the fact to you know where i was i'm like hey that's not right and i'm getting louder and louder she's like jared i don't want to hear it and i'm getting louder and louder and all while when i'm there her sister's on the phone And I remember thinking in my head, how are we supposed to operate as a family union, as a family unit, when there's a third person here? What's the reason for the third person if we're going to, you know, be a team? Now, not to backtrack from the story to our veer away from the story too much we've had of course problems in the past even to the point where you know I was arrested and the charges were later dropped for uh, domestic violence I will never sit here and put all the blame on me. I will never sit here and put all the blame on her. Because if there's one thing that I've learned through this phase of my life is that you cannot solve the equation of your life if you take yourself out of it. You've got to realize that you're part of it. And you got to realize that there's some things that you have to change. Back where I was at, I'm yelling. Arguing with her like, hey, get your freaking sister off the phone. Let's actually work this out. Even though our daughter doesn't even know what's going on right now. But let's work this out as a team so we can continue doing this moving forward. I look back at it now and I address it in a very wrong way. I was yelling. I was very mad. I was really, I was mad about how she treated my mom. And I, and, and I was mad that she was sitting there on the phone with her sister. And I'm like, why is there a person 
in my conversation with my wife? Why is there just a, it, it, it would be like metaphorically, if you're legit, like, I don't know, DMing somebody, and there's some random third person just shows up, and they're just like talking to you, like, who the heck is this guy? You know? So, like, it it's been like that for a long time and it it gets very frustrating probably should have nipped it in the butt long ago but I didn't long story short I get mad so mad to the point where I throw the phone I, I, I take her phone and I, and I chunk it and I'm like hey you're gonna talk to me what is going on and why do you feel like that was the way to go about addressing my mother? Trying to tell her about, you know, how we treat people, what's going on. Never realizing that postpartum is a thing I've never dealt with. So those things happen. And the emotions are over the place. And sometimes with postpartum, some things come up to the surface that they've been holding in all along. Some insecurities that maybe they've always had. Just never told you. She called the cops on me after I chunked the phone, I believe. The sister did. I don't know why. Cops came. They were like, what's up? I'm like, I chunked the phone. They're like, you chunked the phone? I was like, yeah, I chunked the phone. They're like, all right, stay out here. They talked to my wife. They came back. They're like, yeah, we're not going to take you to jail. But, got to leave for a day. I said, all right. So I left for a day. Came back just trying to talk to my wife she never let me in that whole day I was never able to get into the apartment she locked me out there's a deadbolt because we got two locks you got a lock on the outside and there's your deadbolt on the inside I was never able to get in just trying to talk trying to figure out what the heck is going on on the third day when I came back not the third day but later that afternoon when I came back she was out her and the baby her and my daughter were gone and I didn't see my daughter for uh I didn't see her for two weeks after that. It was absolutely pure hell those two weeks. Not knowing where your daughter is at. Not knowing where your wife is at. Not knowing if they're safe. 
And on top of that, all of my savings, all of the savings that we have, because we had it in a joint account, was all gone. I was sitting there. Yeah, about $65 to my name. Wondering what the hell am I going to do? Still having to go to work because shit, I got to keep doing something. Can't just sit in the damn house. <laughs> going to work. Trying to mask this shit as best as possible. Without absolutely breaking down in front of somebody. Is very hard to do. Thank God. I've been in therapy for. What? Three, three and a half years now. And. Uh, you know, I was able to. able to work it out and you know I was able to actually relieve some of that all those emotions I had pent up and talk to my therapist about it actually the day I the day I talked to my therapist about it was literally like I'd say maybe four days after that after the actual situation happened and the first thing he did was like, it's crazy how, how God works. I kid you not. It's, it's, it's really crazy. Um, so we have that therapy session, right? And he tells me, because this was during the actual Dallas Mavericks, uh, we're in the playoffs when the Mavericks are in the playoffs. And he's like, hey. Because he, he, my therapist is actually from uh, Shreveport. From, that was, I've stayed with the same therapist since when I lived in Shreveport. I've only been in Texas for like nine months. But yeah. And he was like, hey, I'm coming to Dallas actually this weekend. Come to church. Come to church with me. I, I, I go to a church over there called the Village Church. It's this guy named Matt Chandler. And I was like, whoa, Matt Chandler? I know that guy. Yeah, I'll go. So I go. It was a great sermon. I couldn't tell you what the sermon was about. <laughs> Again, I'm still fighting. It's just crazy how that all works. I've been going to the Village Church ever since. And it has helped me continue to remind me that I need to give God, or need to give God my first and my best. Weeks go by, right? And they still go by and the pain never ceases. I've, I've had my highest highs and lowest lows and I... 
It's crazy because I feel like I'm actually talking to somebody. I know I'm going to be talking to an audience, but it's like I could sit here and tell you every experience that I've had from when I really thought about eating a bullet because I was like, man, my wife's gone. My newborn's gone. I'm sitting here with no money. What the hell do you want from me, God? I really just want to get out of here. I remember sitting on the bathroom floor here a few weeks ago. Or about a month ago now, or a month and a half. And I had a knife in my hand. It's funny. More bit Yes, it's funny, though, now. It's good to laugh at it. Because I was... Uh, I'm not sitting here and like laughing at it in a way of like, oh, are you stupid? No, it's funny because I'm glad I'm overcame it now, but that pain and those voices in your head, the enemy can be very, very, very loud when crap gets really crappy. The voice of negativity can almost be like an intercom blaring through your mind's halls when crap gets really, really crappy. When I sat there with that knife I kind of already knew this ain't the end. Why in the hell would I want this to be the end? I pleaded with God, help me not make this mistake. Help me to not get this low ever again. And he has given me, he has given me an absolutely overwhelming peace that I cannot explain. Because shit's still tough. I'll tell you that right now. I see my daughter once a week on Sunday for an hour tops. If that, an hour and a half at a Starbucks or some coffee shop. I I wake up every day missing the hell out of her, man. I do. I took care of her when she first came out. 
two weeks straight because Drew was, you know, still a little drowsy and just recovering from C sex. It was just all me. That girl's so funny, man. That girl's real funny, man. She is. She was a huge, she was a real hoot, man, and, uh, she still is, and now I can only see her once a week, my wife sent me divorce papers two weeks ago, I had a brake line, <laughs> broke from my truck, Literally last week, took it to the shop, and you know, of course, well, actually, one of my bosses fixed it and helped me out. Which thank God for that. Took it to the shop; they had to flush it. Got it today, which is Friday. Somebody stole my catalytic converter. And on top of that, I was supposed to actually be able to meet because I, I texted my I, I guess I can call her ex-wife but she's not my ex-wife yet but I texted her and I was like hey can I can I see my daughter and she's like yeah you know you can, uh, you can meet at the Starbucks uh, and I was like okay it's 7.30 after I get off of work because I get off of work at 6.30 so I get here after driving on a Cadillac Camaro, my truck's loud as heck. I don't even want to drive fast. I, I, I'm, I don't know anything about cars. So I'm just going. I'm like, hey, is, is it cool if she comes over here? You know, tough day. Do you mind? And uh, I, I get, well, you should have planned it out better. I got I don't know what to tell you. I'm not coming over there. I said, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'll meet you at the Starbucks, okay? I'll meet you at the Starbucks. Because the Starbucks not far from me. It's it's literally like, uh, it's not right up the road, but I can run to it pretty quick. And uh, just had to be there at 7.30. Got here, of course, I had to take my dog out. And I'm, I'm running. I'm running to Starbucks. So I run to the Starbucks. And I get there, right? And she's not there. She says she left because um, I guess my daughter was fussy. They're sitting in an air conditioned car. My daughter was fussy. I sat there. I looked through the Starbucks a little bit. I know she wasn't in there. I, s I didn't see her car. My heart dropped when I ran. Because I was running and I was checking my phone at the same time. Because she was like, yeah, I, you know what? I don't have time. I need to get out of here. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, hold on, please. Just, just, I, I'm right there. And I run, and, and I got there, and, and she's not there.
Life will give you so much crap sometimes, it will seem almost unbearable. It will make you believe that it's not going to get better. And if you stay in that mindset, you damn right it ain't going to get better. Through the weeks that I've been through all this pain, through the months that I've been through all this pain, best decision I've made was giving my life to God. The best decision that I've made thus far is saying, you know what? I've done everything else. I've done so many other things. I've done so many other toxic traits. I've took so many other toxic side roads. Shit. Might as well try you and see what happens. I've been doing that for about three months. And I'm getting stronger every day. And I truly don't believe that the Jared from last year or even the Jared three months ago would have survived what I'm going through right now. I have no clue what's on the under the other end of this I don't know and I have no expectations anymore I'm just gonna give my first and best to God I'm gonna stay the damn course and I'm gonna keep hammering at this cause that's all I can do Me and my, uh, me and one of my friends, when we used to work out late at night, when I was still living in Bossier City, Louisiana, um, I was really pumped one night on pre-workout, and I, I said, I said this one thing that it holds true when it comes to my mindset. I said I got two options. Are we? I said, yeah. I think I think I said like I got two options. It's gonna get done, or it's gonna get done. You best believe this is gonna get done, and it's gonna get done right. Just gotta keep going, man. Through every single bit of hurt that is coming my way. I could care less about this damn voice that's inside my head saying that shit's gonna get worse. I could care less. I know my God is. And whenever shit does get worse, I just take all that and push it all over to him and let him deal with all that. Give my first and best, and I keep freaking going after it. Cause this life ain't pretty and it ain't gonna be perfect 
and people going to hurt you and people will betray you and it's going to be people where you just think holy crap they will never do that to me and they will and it'll hurt process those emotions reflect on it reset release give it to God it's something that I uh one of my co-workers he was coming to me today people know I've changed lately because of the things that I've been doing and maybe well, I can cover it now like so what I do is like every morning I'll I'll start with some temper I start with some struggle every morning I wake up at 5 o'clock and it's either a run or a workout I started at one mile that's where I started when I started this I see, you know, I'm going to wake up, and I, I guess I'll run one mile, because we have a little treadmill in my apartment gym, and it's like one of those little free one uh, tread, treadmills, so it has like the little hamster wheel, I was like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to run on it, see, see what happens, ran one mile, and uh, I think the next, the next day, or the day after that, I ran about 1.5 had to stop in between and I told myself the next week I was going to run too I think I would run one mile I would take a rest for 10 meters and then run the, the rest of it to get to 2 you see you see what I'm doing here slow progressions but still waking up at 5 o'clock every morning and I don't do want to run a workout as of this moment right now let me look on my fitness app and tell you what I do. Because I don't, I don't want to sit here and lie to you. As of this moment right now. I ran 3.74 miles Thursday. 6.55 Sunday. 3.72. The day that before that. 4.54 after that, 4.55 after that, 5.25 after that, and 3.85 after that. I realize the importance now more than ever of that temporary struggle of, of that applied suffering because I realize and this is really it's applied suffering every day consistent applied suffering is the recipe for growth I know without a doubt I would not be here without that mindset and applying suffering and I'm talking about more than running mental spiritual work putting the work behind it not just physical but definitely 
dumb as hell. It's you gotta start somewhere, right? But I'm telling you, that applied suffering is the recipe for growth. Without it, I I really don't think I would be here. Without God, I know for a fact I wouldn't. But him showing me that that's the recipe. Ah, it opened up my eyes. And now, I'm here. Running more than I ever have. Reading more than I ever have. And realizing that crap is really happening. But I got legit three options. I can either give up. I can either give in. Or I can give him all. And you best believe you know which one I'm taking. Everybody's going through something. Even the person that's listening to this right now, you're going through something. And it may not be really big like this, but that's all relative, right? Who knows what it is, but you're going through some crap. And if you're not right now, congrats. Stay at it, be consistent, but it's coming. Because that's life. Remember your options. And I hope that you give it your all, man. Remember that applied suffering helps you grow. Get up. Fight your mind. Train your mind. When you do that applied suffering, because I didn't really expand on it. When I first started, right, naturally, waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning when I got to go to work at 8, of course my mom's going to be like, bro, you need sleep. I went to sleep at freaking 1045. I at least got six hours. You're totally fine. That's literally what I'm telling myself. Even to this day. I'm fighting it every day. That's the thing, guys. The battle never ends. You would think, right? The voices would slowly, like, get a little bit lower and lower over time. Nah, yeah, they get lower, but you got to watch it. You got to watch yourself when it comes to being comfortable in that, thinking that you got it. Because trust me, it can get pretty damn loud. There's sometimes when I'm like, okay, it's a running day, and I'll go and get ready because I know I'm about to run at least a 5K. Early in the morning while everybody's asleep. And my mind's just like, man, your legs, your little, you know, you can rest today, man. You can go chill out, you know. You can chill out, you know, you don't got to do all this. Every freaking day, I'm having to fight my mom. 
and that's when I realized there's a part of my brain that isn't actually for me and I gotta silence that as much as possible by using the applied suffering making it shut up I'll give you an example I was at the gym this morning and I do a calisthenics workout every other day that I don't run early in the morning I'm sitting there and I'm literally I kid you not I'm going through the motions it's just a mixture of like 10 pull-ups 10 chin-ups and you have uh you know like 25 air squats I did the 25 leg raises today because I just wanted to put a different variation and I kid you not I'm going through the motions there's some more things in there but I'm not gonna name it all out it's like burpees and freaking tricep dips and all that but I'm going through the motions and I and I know it but I, I but I know hey at least I'm here I do three sets of this on my third set I was like you know what I've been going through the motion so dang much I'm gonna do this unbroken because I was breaking it up so many times on the first and second set I'd do like a set of five and be like alright let me take a little rest and then we'll do a set of five no I said you know what I'm gonna do with freaking unbroken and the first thing that popped in my mind, I'm like, bro, you're tired. What are you talking about? You can't do that. Come on. I was like, no, I'm not listening to your shit. You don't know me. You think you do, but nah, you don't know me. And before I knew it, I was freaking chanting it out. It's great. I'm glad nobody was there. Freaking five o'clock in the morning. You see some freaking 26 year old black guy screaming. You don't freaking know me and he's not even there's nobody in the room and uh i'm i'm sitting there and that's like that's exactly what i was doing i was sitting there and every time i would do a set unbroken 10 pull-ups i would sit there literally while doing a set like wow it's crazy what you said because i ain't stopping through the hurt i'm sitting there doing 20 leg raises Wow, it's crazy what you said. I, I don't think you really know me enough. That's what I kept saying. I don't think you really know me enough. You don't really know my soul. That negative voice that's in your head, that is sitting there and saying those things, saying, man, maybe you, should, uh, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Whatever it is, whatever life stage you're going through now, I don't really truly think it knows you enough. It don't know how hard you can go. It don't know how strong you are in Christ. It don't know how strong you are in general. That's what I realized. I did the whole set unbroken. 
I had to do burpees at the end. I even did freaking 12. You're only supposed to do 10. Just to show it. You don't know me enough. Those negative voices in their head. In my head. They don't know us enough. And I might be rambling. I don't went from thing to thing. But I'm telling you. I'm at the point now where it's like anything can hit me. And you best believe I'm going to get back up. I'm going to dust my shoes off. I'm going to say, God, I need help here. I'm going to let you have this. And I'm going to keep pushing towards you. We'll see what happens with that. I'm not going to let what people do or the lack thereof to affect me in a negative way. I'm going to reflect and release. Even I, There's a good quote on that, actually. I, I remember telling a co-worker today, I said, because he was getting so freaking worked up about a boss. One of my bosses that is, you know, just doesn't put a lot of work ethic in. And it, it's stressing him out because he feels like it's, he feel like it's really affecting him. But I told him, I, I said, and God gave me this. I said, man, you need to reflect and release or you're going to end up stressed and deceased. Reflect on that. Say, okay, let me look at it. This is what I could have done better, okay? not going to worry about what that person could have done. They could have done that, but let them have it. Then release it. God, you can have that. Let's keep pushing. Because if you keep that, I swear, it's going to freaking gnaw at you. It's going to affect you physically. Man, it's 42 minutes in this podcast. I have went everywhere from the hurt in my life to, I, I, I guess, what's going on right now. I, I've tried to be as organized as I can, but again, this isn't this isn't meant to be organized at this moment. It's not meant to be, like, I, I'm doing this because I know I will. I'm going to keep pushing. And before I end this podcast I actually uh I actually have a uh so I'm supposed to be doing a uh kind of like a devotional or a group study a group Bible study with some guys at like 7 30 in the morning tomorrow and I don't have a uh I still don't have a catalytic converter in my truck right and um I remember I was, my dad called me uh after everything happened, I was telling him, man, all these punches, man, I just, I just got to keep going. And he can tell that I was just, I was just freaking over it. I was over everything right now. He's like, well, he said, well, uh, what do you got to do tomorrow? I said, well, I'm going to chill out. Um, I had a, uh, I had a Bible study I was going to go to, but. My truck, so I, I might just chill out. He said, "No, no, you don't do that." 
He said, you take a Uber there. He said, you'll be alright. But don't let the enemy stop your plans. And once I heard that, I knew that was nothing but God just talking through my dad. Because that can apply to so many things in your life. Yeah, there may be a bump in the road. But don't let it keep you there. You keep on pushing forward. By any means necessary. So I'm going to take Uber in the morning. And I'm going to go to that Bible study. I'm going to tell my life. And meet some new guys. And it's going to be great. I'm going to continue pushing. Because that's what you got to do. You got to stay the course. Alright. This is long. <laughs> 45 minutes. I was all over the place. Um, I know the audio is not good too. But I, I'm not going to excuse for any of this. Alright. I'm, I'm, I'm transparent. I'm vulnerable. I, I just want. I'd rather have it out. I'm not waiting for the perfect time anymore. It's no reason to do that. Love you guys. Please stay after it. Just know. There's so much more out there. And uh. Yeah. Let's keep going. Let's keep hammering. Let's go on more. Let's stay the course. Whatever freaking quote you got. Let's stay with God man. Love y'all. Peace. Bless up.